What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. That's right, the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. How we doing today, Casino? In a very, very nice shirt that I complimented you before the podcast, and I'm going to compliment it on the podcast. I like that shirt. Hello. Thanks, man. Um, it's going good. Um, you know, well, we recorded. Uh, when did we record? We recorded on, on Thursday. Friday? Thursday? Friday? It was Thursday. Because then we had the opening night that that night. Well, Friday ended up back in the ER with more kidney stone issues. This is fantastic, and it was great because they told me that um I'm gonna have another one. I have another one in my right kidney that hasn't dropped yet. So I'm just another uh, kid on the way, another kidney stone on the way. You're living living the dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been uh, good. It's been good stuff. Ugh. But, uh, I mean, the good thing is, Casino, that we had an entire week one of football, and our two teams played against each other, and it was a shootout. It was back and forth. It <laughs> was, I was on the edge of my seat, but my team ended up winning at the end, and I am, of course, talking about the Dolphins-Chargers game because <laughs> we had a lot riding on that game. Hey, and that was the that was my favorite game of the that was my favorite game of the entire weekend, college uh, or pro. With, it was so good, it was so much fun to watch. Uh, without further ado, let's just dive into the week one games casino and let's start with that one because I do think that is in contention for game of the week. Uh, so Tua puts on a performance for the ages, literally only overshadowed by. Tyreek Hill putting up maybe one of the best wide receiver games ever. He ends the game, 11 receptions, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. And, you know, they always do that crazy thing when a game like this happens, especially week one, where they're like, if he continues like this, he's projected to, and of course he's not, but still, the projection is like, he's projected to have 4,000 yards and like 50 touchdowns or some bullshit like that. But... Uh, just overall thoughts and opinions on this Dolphins Chargers team. Did either team show you, you know, I mean, we both, uh, the debate on our last episode was I had the Dolphins going to the playoffs. You had the Chargers. Any wobbling on either side of those two things? No. Um, I, the the Dolphins can, as long as Tua, Tua stays healthy, he can uh, move himself into a playoff spot. Um, I don't no vote overtake the chargers, but I thought this was a great game. Um, I think it justifies why we both picked these teams to make the playoffs. Um, pretty much. They were virtually the same outside of Tua throwing was their offense was passing. And then chargers was rushing with Eckler, but they each had 30 first downs. Um, their efficiency was about the same, really good. Quite a bit of penalties. There were six for both teams, but, this was my favorite game of the week. There was just total yards. Um, Dolphins with over 500 and Chargers with over 400. Like, this was a really fun shootout. I mean, you called it. Like, it was it was close. Um, the entire time, not a single team was blowing out the other the entire game. It was back and forth. It was a phenomenal match. Um, yeah, so I, I I think us picking both these teams, they they showed why we like both of them. And uh, turns out that game, 
and the Falcons Panthers game was the deciding factor this week with Casino correctly predicting eight games. Now we still have the Bills Jets. I can't games believe tonight. I corrected. I can't believe I got that many. I'll be uh, honest. Yeah. I, I thought I thought I did awful. Well, you also, if the Bills win tonight, we'll just add one more to each of our totals uh for this week because we each have the Bills. However, the winner of this week is Daddy with nine correct picks, two casinos, eight. The deciding factor was Falcons, Panthers, and then Dolphins, Chargers. So starting the week off hot. I mean, hot. I did call the <laughs> I, I did call the Lions game though. You did call the Lions game, and then I uh, last little bit on the Chargers, Dolphins. Then we'll move on to the next game. But for Dolphins, Chargers, I think. The question marks coming out of this game is Justin Herbert in the fourth quarter. He just doesn't seem to have that kind of like putting the team on my back, going to win this game gene or that mentality or that it factor kind of thing, because they basically lost this game because he went like turnover on downs, punt like three and out in the fourth quarter when it mattered and in a shootout, uh, what is your trust in Justin Herbert as the quarterback to take that next step, you know, to be like one of the elite quarterbacks that for some reason, everybody puts him in that category already. Um, consistency uh, just needs to play a little bit more, stay healthy. Um, Cause you need the reps in game reps playing good teams like the dolphins are this year. So I think that will come in time. Um, he just needs to stay on the field more. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's a great quarterback and I don't, I don't have him as the elite, like a lot of people have him, but I have him teetering with it. Uh, just as I do have Tua, you know, as long as Tua's is healthy, he can be an elite quarterback. He's just, you know, back and forth with his concussions and, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But again, I like both of these quarterbacks. I like both of these teams and I thought it was a really good game. I mean, Every each team scored at least something in every quarter. It was it was something to yeah. watch. Well, and uh, the question mark is how good are these teams are either of these teams defenses? But when you're playing elite offenses, it kind of makes your defense. You know, they their defense. I'm assuming isn't as bad as either of the offenses made them look. But again, it's week one. You get weird, you know, outcomes, which we'll talk about a couple games, but. We just had to talk about that one because it was the deciding factor for our picks. But let's start with the first game of week one, and we'll just jump around to different games. Some of them we have uh, stuff to talk about. Others we'll just pass right over. The one I feel like we do have to talk about, which we recorded Thursday morning, didn't get to talk about it, the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl defending Kansas City Chiefs, lose 21-20 to against the Detroit Lions. You called it Casino. Your pick to go to the Super Bowl, Bengals, shockingly, after week one, Bengals looks like the worst choice between your Bengals and Lions Super Bowl. So congrats on picking this game right. Uh, how vindicated did you feel watching it? Uh, very, very. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Oh, I'm just excited for I have, I have a few Detroit fans who have been diehard Detroit Lions fans their whole life. For them to get that win, that, that was probably the most significant win in, I don't know, a few decades, at, at least. least. in our lifetime. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely in our lifetime. Um, so I actually had a friend who's a diehard Lions fan and a um, little bit older than us, but he posted that this was the most significant win in like 33 years for him, or like 31 years or something like that. Um, I didn't look and see which game that was. That's too far back. That was basically when I was born. Um, but this is a huge, this this is a huge outcome for this team. And they've been slowly getting better throughout the past couple of years. And they finally were able to put it together. And, and I love that they ruined, you know, the home opener was supposed to be a cupcake walk for KC. Um, I'm glad they ruined their uh, banner night. That made me happy. That made me smile. I am so happy that we can now put uh, that thing to to rest where I saw a legitimate Kansas City Chiefs fan online. And it, you know, it got, it was one of those ones that went viral after the fact where it literally said, it doesn't matter that he doesn't have Travis Kelsey. All he needs is like, the janitors and field crew and Patrick Mahomes can win any game. Well, turns out that's not the case because uh, this may shock you casino, but you Mm. need people in the NFL on offense that when you throw the ball to them, they catch it. So uh, Marquez Valdez Scantley or no, no. Why do I always say him? It was was Darius. Tony had by all accounts and by all, you know, PFF football rankings and how they do that throughout time and blah, 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 blah. He had almost single-handedly the worst receiving game a wide receiver has ever had in the history of the NFL, you know, since they started recording these stats. It was bad. There's that picture now that is a meme where it's in his, the ball is in his hands. Nobody is around him. And then the caption reads, this play resulted in a pick six because it literally just went right off his hands into the lion's uh, defender's hands. He put it for a pick six, but coming out of this game casino, we're going to play a game uh, on this podcast where we talk about specific games. It's called panic or patience. Right. And we look back at week one, which I did for last year. And there was the Bears beating the 49ers. There was all these weird outcomes that as the season went on, it just made it be like, oh, that was that was weird and meant nothing. Not like it was, you know, this huge world ending thing. It was made to be after week one, which week one always leads to overreactions and everybody just wants to quantify what teams are after seeing them in one game. So this is patience or panic casino patient, uh, patience or panic for the Kansas city chiefs. Patience, patience. Uh, Again, it's week one. I do think the lions are a great team, Um, but it is week one. And I, I'm going to say this with a grain of salt and I'll get into it after that. The chiefs were missing a couple of their best players, best offensive and defensive player, um, best offensive outside of Patrick Mahomes. Um, so this is just patience. Um, but cause they're going to be good. They're going to be, they're going to be good. They got an easier schedule. Um, not easy, easy schedule, but they got an easier schedule than some teams. They should be the, the hardest schedule. Whew, sorry. Ooh, that was a hiccup. Um, <laughs> I went to the OG for lunch by myself to have one little uh, outing. So, oh, before uh, shit hits the fan. Yeah. So the OG, if you don't know, is the Olive Garden. It's it's, it's oh, the we best. all it's know. The, 
Oh, it's the OG. We all know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I will say this. I'm not taking anything from the Lions because they played phenomenal football, especially when the Kansas City Chiefs were basically cheating all game but and not getting, uh, and not getting called for it. So, wait, but I heard the announcers say the Lions need an asterisk next to this win. What do you yeah, talking so about? Yeah, that's Yeah, yeah. So that that's where I'm going to get into. So <laughs> there was literally I don't know which announcer it was. I just was the game was over and I just heard it in passing. One of the announcers were saying, "Oh, well, you know, the Lions win, the Chiefs lose on opening night. I mean, you could put an asterisk at the end of this one uh with the Chiefs missing uh Jones and Kelsey, and I was just like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like that is such I got a slap a to the face of the Lions. Text from Casino in that moment, and I was like, I knew, I knew you were you were triggered. <laughs> it was it, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, yes, you're missing two players, but one could have played, and the other is just out because he wants money, right? Like <laughs> he's just trying to get a deal. So like, yeah. that's on them. That's on them, but you still have – you just said it. Like, Patrick Mahomes only needs the janitor crew, and he can go. And I've even said that, you know, he doesn't need – they're always going to be within games with Patrick Mahomes, and they were within this game. Um, but – and then, you know, people saying, oh, well, they lost it because uh, Kadarius Tony missed missed that one at the very end of the game that could have got them in, and iced it for him. And it was like, okay, but – so, so that's they're, they're not wrong when they say that, but then the Lions had to face adversity as well, not because they were missing pieces, but because they were dealing with the refs completely favoring Kansas City. The entire there is literally the announcer that comes in from uh, New York was just like, Oh, well, I mean, if you notice right here, I've been noticing it all game. Um, I forget which linebacker was lined up, but he's been cheating the entire game. Uh, he's he's not lining up yeah. with the set. Uh, he's not lining up at the center. He's not set. He's moving too early. He could have been called for a false start almost every single play. It was absolutely ridiculous. There was holding penalties not called against the Chiefs that were called against the Lions. There was a tripping penalty, almost the exact same tripping tripping penalty that the Lions got called for. The play after the Chiefs didn't get called for one. So, and and this is me. Yes, I wanted the Lions to win. And I, I did want the Chiefs to lose, but like in reality, I don't have a fight. I, I don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, um, I just wanted a good game and hoping the Lions would win. And I'm just sitting there. And then it was justified by the actual announcing crew, and not just the announcing crew, but the actual NFL analysts, uh, rules analysts that is coming in on screen, and he is talking about what the Chiefs are getting away with. Well, also that ridiculous thing where they were like, uh, I believe it was Collinsworth or Tariko. One of them was like, oh, well, the Lions, if they were pointing this out, they wouldn't allow the Chiefs to get rid of it. And it was like, when the fuck has that ever been the rule? Where it's like, right. it's only a penalty if the other team points it out? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That 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 was a great point because that was something that annoyed the hell out of me when with them saying that. I was like, you, for real? Like, they have to be the one. No, they don't have to be the ones. That's why there's refs. That's why there's rules and refs and people to call this, especially when he is uh, the rules analyst is seeing that and, and saying that. I think it was him, right? That's who you said it was. I, 
or no, no, it was one of the, uh, it was either Tariko or Collinsworth. One of them were oh. saying like, I think it was Collinsworth who was like, they got to uh, point it out to the refs and stuff. And then it was also that thing where people on Twitter were like, Lane Johnson always does this great uh, tackles are able to count the, the, you know, the. Yeah, but he wasn't uh, counting. So the... He wasn't doing it on the snap. He was a good no. half a second to a second late on almost every snap. Well, he was or, or also, early. yeah, he was also really far back, like far back behind the line. And everybody, you know, who has played the game uh, was like, or knows what they're talking about on, you know, the online discourse during and after this game was like, this guy lining back further and then starting is like a huge, huge advantage that he's gaining over the person rushing him. And then props to, uh adrian hutchinson who basically on the lion's side he like took over that defensive front like dear lord uh but i will say and last little bit we can say on this game is i was i was impressed by how well the chiefs defense played i mean the lions ended the game almost 400 total yards they had 250 yards passing 120 rushing but when you were watching that game it really felt like they couldn't get anything going so i think that actually is detrimental to Chris Jones because without their best defensive player, their defense actually looked pretty damn good. Like I was, I was blown away by how good their defense looked They're Shockingly, they lost Eric Bieniemy, and their offense looked kind of vanilla, kind of stagnant, kind of like they really couldn't get anything going. Now, obviously when Kelsey comes back, he's like the catalyst of that offense, but this just goes to prove all that bullshit where it was just like, oh, you put Patrick Mahomes on any team and he's winning the Super Bowl and he's never had a top five defense and all blah, blah, blah. My overreaction to that would be one of the few games he's had without Kelsey and there was no Tyree kill or he had no weapons and he basically had to win the game by himself. Like we saw how this is not, this is a team sport. It's not, no matter how good your quarterback is, Josh Allen wasn't anything before Stefan Diggs, like, Patrick Mahomes didn't need uh, uh, Hill, but Hill on the Dolphins, all of a sudden that offense is super dynamic. Like it just proves how important the team aspect of football is when we're as guilty of it as anybody, where we just talk strictly quarterback and then just act like everything revolves around them. But it's a team sport. Uh, Any last things to add on this game before we move on? I win, you lose. That's true. Uh, Let's go. You know what? Let's go to another you win, I lose. My whiff of the week casino. And boy, was it a whiff. Was my Steelers upsetting the 49ers. The game, it took place in Pittsburgh. San Francisco (laughs) won 30 to 7. Boy, I, as an Eagles fan, I hate those 49ers. But after week one, I think... San Francisco legitimately looks like the best team in the league. That's what, that's my overreaction for Monday. Uh, but yeah, apps because the, the Dallas game, which we'll talk about the Philly game, which we'll talk about. Those were like, kind of like, Oh, a block here, like a block field goal here, a pick six here on a tip ball. Like those all kind of felt like random plays in the favor of the better team. Whereas here it was like San Francisco literally just played the regular, their regular game and dominated a team. I still think is a playoff team. So 
Uh, thoughts on the 49ers Pittsburgh Steelers casino? Because this game was almost over immediately. <laughs> like, uh, well, I I told you so. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, for a second there though, I thought I did pick the Steelers. Um, but no, I I I pucked, I picked the Niners, and I remember that, and I'm very happy I did, and yeah, so. I I think the Niners look absolutely phenomenal. And did Brock Purdy show up to play? Like, does he? Everybody everybody questioning him. Did he? I mean, he went 19 for 29, so not the best completion rating, but he did 220 yards and to, to, two touchdowns. Like, that's a phenom. That's that's a phenomenal thing. Like, and he protected the football. I really like what he did. I thought he played a phenomenal a phenomenal game. Yeah, and I also think the the star of that game, obviously McCaffrey had 22 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of what you expect out of him, but Brandon Ayuk. Uh, first off, shout out to him because he single-handedly won me this week in fantasy. Uh, eight receptions, whoa, 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 129 whoa, whoa. We'll, we'll yards, fantasy two corner touchdowns. Later, okay? <laughs> but he uh, uh, – lit it up i think right now again from what i've seen from all the other teams and i watch red zone and i watch highlights of the games i missed and blah 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 blah. uh i think from all the teams i saw i think the 49ers right now look like the most complete team in the nfl now again week one so i'm not gonna make any definitive statements but i will say all the teams that were kind of like the preseason overhyped getting all the publicity teams were kind of all put in their place week one, Mm -hmm. which makes me real worried if you're, which should make you real worried if you're a Jets fan tonight, because no team was more overhyped than the Jets. But on this podcast, I overhyped the hell out of this Steelers team and especially Kenny Pickett. And then he comes out. That's what I was going to get. I I want to ask you about that. Go for it. Tell the stats. question. 31 for 46, 232 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and uh, he rushes one time for four yards. Apparently, the Steelers just said, we're not even going to attempt to establish a run. We're not going to. We have Najee Harris, who is, what, a year or two removed from being a top five running back. We're only going to rush him six times for 31 yards. He was still averaging five yards a carry, like, I don't know. So that's why. what I was gonna. That's what I want to ask you. So do you think? Oh, you froze. There we go. Um, that's what I want to ask you. I was like, do you think this is all on Kenny Pickett, or do you think this is the fact that they didn't establish a run game pretty much at all? Uh, totally had ten rushes, the ten carries the entire game. One being Kenny Pickett himself, but Kenny Pickett throwing for 40, uh, 46 times. That's quite a bit. So, I mean, he didn't get a lot of yardage, but he did throw to nine different receivers. So that at least they're they're utilizing different receivers and they're not just trying to keep it, you know, through like an Allen Robinson, uh, through, uh, what is that, uh, uh, Calvin Austin, oh, George, George Pickens, Pickens, you know, yeah. and all, all of those guys. They're actually using all of the receivers. So let me ask you this. Do you think that this was uh, um, over, over, or yeah, so the overreaction or whatever you're calling it, overreaction or patience, blah blah uh, blah blah blah. Is, um, oh, first week, uh, panic or patience? 
There you go. Panic or patience. So do you think this is panic or patience? And I'm not going to say just for the Steelers. I want to know it for Kenny Pickett himself because we talked about he has to be good for this team. Yeah. So uh, weirdly enough, like the Steelers, and again, this is why preseason projections and schedules mean nothing because when you go into the actual season, like – you were the only one who I ever heard make a case for the Browns to be pretty good. So their next game, they play the Browns. Like that Browns defense looked pretty legit. I think Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson looked like dog shit, but we just saw Christian McCaffrey run all over this team. And then they're going into, or no, the Browns are coming to their stadium where they just got molly by the 49ers. So now it's, you're playing like, kind of 49ers light where the Browns have pretty good defense. I mean, nowhere near as good as the 49ers, but still their defense showed up week one. Then you have arguably as good of a running back as Christian McCaffrey. I don't think Nick Chubb is as good of a receiver, but as a running back, I'll put Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey on the same playing field. So then you're going. I got Chubb. (laughs) So you have the Browns. Yeah, you have the Browns coming into Pittsburgh with basically already the same formula that the 49ers literally destroyed the Steelers with. So then the Steelers, if they get into this thing again where it's like we're down 10 to 0 almost immediately and now we have to come from behind, like I don't know how they how if they have the right formula or right team to do that. Like they right. really like the We'll pound the rock, we'll play good defense, and we'll just kind of control the clock. And the 49ers came in, blew the doors off them. Uh, At this moment, I think – I don't think any team is really in panic mode, except I think I have two after week one. I don't think Steelers are one of them because, again, they played probably the best team in the league week one and basically was a talent deficiency. I don't think that – Pittsburgh Steelers roster as as good as the 49ers but yeah no that was a rough one Ugh. yeah so no good, good on, no yeah panic. fair enough uh-huh. uh, but let's move interdivisionally casino to who we were just talking about Cincinnati Bengals lose three to 24 in Cleveland against the Cleveland Browns Joe Burrow had I mean Deshaun Watson I thought had a terrible game but that he had a career day compared to the day that Joe Burrow had. So Deshaun Watson, 16 for 29, 154 yards, one touchdown, one INT, played the better game because Joe Burrow, 14 of 31 for 82 yards. Uh, Thoughts on this game, Casino? Specifically thoughts on uh, Joe Burrow's performance. Literally, what, he gets paid on Thursday to be the highest paid player in NFL history. And then he comes out and throws for 82 yards. Um, I, I'll be honest. I'm a little worried. I know this was week one, but I know, like I said, I, I'm not as down on the Browns as a lot of people. Um, but I, I would be worried if I was a Bengals fan, uh, Joe Burrow did not look good. You know, how much of that was the weather? Cause I didn't really watch a lot of this game. There was a lot going on. Uh, this was this was rainy there too, correct? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, how much of it was that? How much of it was him still coming back from you know the the leg injury and and throwing with it? Um, 
And how much of it, you know, was just the beginning of the year, you know, dud. You know, how many times have I talked about on on this podcast where the Patriots have gone oh and two uh three different times and they come back and win the Super Bowl. So I'm not super uh super worried, but I will say a little bit of panic on just Joe Burrow himself um, on his performance. But I think the Bengals overall will be okay. Um, But I was a little worried to see Joe Burrow play as bad as he did. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, how much of it was the the, the Browns defense uh, stopping the receiving? Or how much of it was, you know, drop balls? How much of it was Joe Burrow not being able to get the ball there or, or place it where he needs to? But I, I would be a little worried right now, um, but not 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 enough to where I think my Super Bowl pick is in jeopardy. But enough to be like, okay, you know, that's a wake up call for them. They need to get their head out their ass and tweak a few things. Yeah, and I wish I I wish I'm trying to find it now because I remember us talking about it, but. these are always the 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 stats for these type of games where it's like going into it i only hear it after we do our picks and this is one of those ones where it was like the Bengals have not won in cleveland in like 10 years or some insane stat like that for for whatever reason the Bengals, no matter how good of a team they have always struggle to play in cleveland which makes no sense but it's just one of those weird football things so i do think that it is patience with the Bengals because again that's a weird football juju thing where it was it's but you don't have any worry you don't have any worry on Joe Burrow on how he played uh I mean I do but I also think that we've seen him you know we've seen like you were saying with the Patriots we've seen this Bengals squad start 0-2 and then all of a sudden a flip gets or switch gets flipped and they win 12 in a row like, I mean, would I anybody gotcha. be shocked if the Bengals lose next week to the Ravens, they're 0-2, sky is falling, and then all of a sudden they win 10 in a row, and then they're 10-2, and and it's just like, yeah. why the fuck were we freaking out about them? So I trust this team because of what we've seen in the past. I also think the Browns are not as good as they looked in this game. Because again, even with a bad Deshaun Watson game, it was still a great Nick Chubb game. And the, uh, just, well, Nick, how Dish- if you, if you look at that, I mean, that was 35, you take Deshaun's five rushes out of that. That's 35 offensive snaps. were were running, running plays. Like, yeah, he was all about the run game. Um, so well, and just his throws, that interception he threw was awful. That was, was so bad. bad. I just think I mean he's he's so done. Like the the Browns, if they do even decent this year, which which I'm thinking they're going to do decent, it's it's it must hurt even more spending that much money on Deshaun Watson. Just yeah, Deshaun Watson when you could have spent that money on any other mediocre quarterback out there yeah, and then uh, for cheaper and then actually getting some sort of, you know, another good player of sort offense or defense to help this team out. Like you, you had a chance before signing Deshaun Watson to turn this team into a actual formidable opponent um, where AFC teams are definitely going to be like, Ooh, 
this team can come up and and bite everybody in the ass if they're not paying attention. But again, I still have the middle of the road right now, but much yeah. better than a lot of people think they're going to be. I agree. I think, uh, and let's, you know what, let's actually move from that game. Well, uh, I don't really have much to say on Ravens Texans. Uh, I think no, Deshaun it, looked, Watson, it looked a little, it looked a little bad there for a second. Dude, it, going into halftime, what, this game was 7-6, to six, and then all of a sudden, Ravens come out in the third quarter, score 15 points, and then the game was kind of over after there. But I'll tell you what, C.J. Strout looks pretty good. Uh, I think Zay Flowers on the Ravens looked really good. Uh, OG, oh, OBJ kind of disappeared. Lamar Jackson looked like he hadn't played football in a while. Like, they looked... Uh, their whole offense looked very rusty. And believe me, when we get to the Eagles, that will not be the first time I say an offense looked rusty today. But uh, that game was much closer than I thought it would be and then kind of ended up being a blowout. But I feel like that score is not indicative of the actual game itself. So any takeaways about the Ravens or the Texans? Or do you want to just move on to the next one? Um, I, I do think CJ Stroud uh, surprised a lot of people coming into week one. Uh, obviously preseason take with a grain of salt, but he did not look good. There was a lot of questions out there for him. I mean, his completion rating wasn't amazing, but I do feel like, you know, he he had a five yard uh, average on his rushing. He completed, he didn't get a throwing passing touchdown either, but like uh, he played, he played smart for a young quarterback. So I'm not mad with, with a team that's not really that good against a really good team. So, I mean, the fact that, that they kept it pretty close, um, you know, hats off to C.J. Stroud. He was a little better than I thought he was going to be. Uh, a little worried about Lamar. Maybe that is just him coming back and getting loose. But, you know, you got to live up to, uh, live, live up to, you know, getting paid. So, let's figure it out. Yeah. So, so far of all the teams we've talked about, I don't think I am panicking about any of them yeah. until – what the team we're about to talk about now, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win 20 to 17 against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Justin Jefferson went off and had nine receptions, 150 yards. Most of those yards were by halftime. I think he only had like 13 yards in the second half of this game because he lit it up so much in the first half. But despite all that offense, Kirk Cousins, uh, 33 for 44, 344 yards passing, two touchdowns, one INT. Baker Mayfield, 21 for 34, 173 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Mike Evans uh, doing the uh, devil's work with six receptions for 66 yards and one touchdown. Uh, I think it's panic mode for the Minnesota Vikings casino because I don't think – the Buccaneers are good at all. And I don't think they played a good game at all. And it still felt like they dominated the Minnesota Vikings, which is crazy with Jefferson having over 150 yards on nine receptions. And I thought Kirk, I mean, Kirk cousins, he went 75%, you know, on his completion rating, 33 for 44 with um, almost 350 yards and two touchdowns. Yes. He has that, you know, interception, but still like he didn't play, god awful so you're just like how again it just feels like last year you know with the vikings are they good they're close games is this going to be the year where now everything's flipped where they're not going to win the close games 
that they really did feel like the pendulum switched because last year they win this game and then afterwards you're like how the fuck do they win that game this time it feels like they lost that game and you're like yeah of course they lost the game they turned the ball over three times two fumbles lost one interception thrown but when you're putting up that many passing yards which is the equivalent of going up and down the field three times and you walk away with two touchdowns it's like one of those things where i don't know you're just watching this game and it is like last year and we'll get to this when we talk to the about the giants but the giants and vikings were the two teams from last year when we were reading their stats from the offseason it was like how the fuck were either of these teams good and it kind so- of felt like Last year, the, everything went their way, and this year, now it's like time to collect. Because so, I mean, at this point, I think we're both under uh, panic, panic for already. And and I know that's that's tough to say in week one for you know for this for any team, but yeah, I I would be I would be in panic mode if I was a, a uh, Vikings fan. Yeah. Uh, let's group three games uh, so we can go a little bit faster here. Let's group three games. I really don't have opinions on, but we can just give our quick little thoughts. Uh, Falcons win 24 to 10 against the Panthers. Commanders win 20 to 16 against the Cardinals. And then the Saints win 16 to 15 against the Titans. Anything, any takeaways from you about any of those three games? Um, the Falcons where it was pretty good. Um, I I did like one of the players that I didn't think was going to get a lot of playing time. Uh, I thought he was like, I thought uh, Bijan Robinson was going to be their number one back that game, but I picked up Tyler uh, Algier and I wish I played him because he had like 28 points, um, which was phenomenal. We'll get into the fantasy corner later, but I'm glad I picked him up. Um, they, they looked good. Uh, and you know what? Good job for Ritter. Like he came in, he didn't have a lot, but he did 15 for eight, uh, 15 out of 18, 115 yards and one touchdown. So not amazing, but you know what? Got the job done. Like that was, that was well, uh, and this pretty team. impressive. And the, I mean, protecting the football as well. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how Ritter showed up. Good for him. Well, and we knew going into this game and going into this season, the Falcons were one of the top two, I think, top three best rushing attacks last year. So they pick up Bijan Robinson and everybody's like, why are they doing that? And then it's exactly for what this was, right? Uh, Algier gets 15 carries. Bijan Robinson gets 10. He has that. He has the one touchdown on just a great, great. Did you see his first touchdown? where yeah, he just jukes the guy out of his shoes and then uh, on like a swing pass to the outside. I think, I'll tell you what, I was impressed by the Falcons rushing attack and by their defense. And especially in the NFC South, like maybe we were, maybe everybody wasn't insane to, for some reason, all pick the Falcons to win that division. Cause I know me and you were both like, why? But after this first game, I'm kind of like, maybe the Falcons can actually win this way. Like, like you said, if Desmond Ritter isn't turning over the ball and just throw in swing routes to both of his amazing running backs, like I've seen this work on other teams where they play pretty legit defense, have a good rushing attack and kind of quarterback manages the game. Like, especially in that division, like Falcons, 
I don't know. Uh, but let's move over to just in that division itself. Uh, Saints Titans uh, go is in contention for worst game of the weekend. Just entertainment yeah, value. I had, I, I had Carr, and it was tough to watch him play. I mean, his numbers aren't awful, but just watching him on the field was just not fun. Um, yeah. At the end, I at the end, I know we picked the Saints, um, but I was actually cheering for the Titans there at the end because I I like Mike Vrabel so much. And I was kind of hoping that his team pulled it off. But were we right about Ryan Tannehill and how god-awful he is? 16 for 34, not even 200 yards with three interceptions. Oy. Yeah. Again, we've seen his ceiling and his peak was when they knocked the Patriots out of Tom Brady's last playoff game as a Patriot, right? That was the peak. That was – he had a great (sighs) season that year. But at this point – that was almost three, four seasons ago. Right. Like he hasn't been better since then. We saw no, him. And and what a waste of DeAndre Hopkins. What a waste. Yeah. I mean, seven receptions. To, to have, that, to have yards. that bad of a quarterback. I mean, if he went to the Patriots, the Patriots would have won that game. Yeah. Because they no, just needed, I, I completely agree. Yeah. They they needed one more for sure hand guy, somebody to actually get their toe taps. I mean, we'll get into that game in a bit, but um, yeah, I feel bad for DeAndre Hopkins. He's going from one bad team to another. And I, not that I the do. Tennessee's a horrible team, but man, does he got a bad Tannehill is done. Tannehill, this is Tannehill's last year. He might not even finish the year as a starting quarterback. I don't see him coming back and starting anywhere. There's no way Malik Willis or uh uh Will Levis are going to be worse worse than, than Ryan Tannehill all day. Less but than 200 yards. Do you think yards. Tannehill gets the next uh, next start next week? Yeah, I, but I think week three is the one where we start all of a sudden going like, oh, maybe Malik Willis, which I don't even think Malik Willis is good. I don't think Will Levis is good, but also they're more unproven than Tannehill. Like, just try it out, right? Uh, but then when it comes to the Saints, I think I was – their defense – or their defense was fine. Their offense seemed a little rusty. I do think Derek Carr, he started rough in that game. I think he finished pretty good. And I like him in Alave. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I still, when it comes to Saints-Falcons, I still think I'm giving the edge to the Saints because is going to come back, and I trust Carr a million times more than I trust Ritter but maybe it's the offensive scheme that I like more with the, uh, you know, with the Falcons than with the saints, but right. yeah, I think when um, it comes to Titans, like, Oh, moving on. What was the next one? You had a third game into that group. Uh, the third game was, Oh, Cardinals commanders, which props to the Cardinals. Cause I thought yeah. they were just going to roll over. And that game was close until uh, almost last like five minutes of the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden the commanders kind of like squeaked it out. But I so was really impressed you. with pace with pace, go for it. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say patience or panic. Cause for, uh, because we know what Cardinals are going to be. I, I still think, you know, this is week one. I don't think they're going to be that good. Uh, but we all, we said going into this game, we said going, you know, into this season for Washington, it comes down to how can Sam Howell play? I I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. He, I believe he, so the team itself lost two fumbles. I think both were him. 
right? I think he fumbled um, both of them, so, yeah. maybe one. But he threw a uh, bad interception as well. His player stats kind of didn't uh, blow me away as much as like Joshua Dobbs. He only had 21 attempts for – or 21 out of 30 for 132 yards, no touchdowns, no INTs. But he's also only been an Arizona Cardinal for like a week. So to come in there and do that, I was actually pretty impressed with. Uh, but the Commanders, uh, no running game whatsoever. Again, against an Arizona Cardinals team that I think is just has a terrible defense. So for Sam Howell to come in only through for 202 yards, one touchdown, one INT, maybe one or two. I know definitely one fumble, maybe two. Like this game you're wa- I was watching this one and this is one of the ones on red zone they just keep cutting back and forth to and it just keeps being like one of those things where how are the cardinals this competitive against a commanders team that I think is way better than them so patience or panic I think maybe a little panic on the commander side because I don't think the cardinals will be will be good I don't think uh, I don't think I think they'll be exposed in a couple weeks, but who knows if this if this Cardinals team is actually good this season and competitive in every game, I will be legitimately, legitimately shocked. Uh all right, Casino. Let's move on to uh oh, you know what? Let's talk about maybe one of the most surprising games of the week, which also we had different, which was the Green Bay Packers winning 38 to 20 against the Chicago bears in Chicago. Uh, Jordan love comes in absolutely balls out 15 for 27, 245 yards, three touchdowns. Justin Fields looked abysmal 24 for 37, 216 yards, one touchdown, one INT. But I thought but again, he had he's, not, the, he's, he's the, he's the uh, leading he, rush. He was their leading, leading rusher, rusher again. So like nine carries, it, it, 59 yards, but so ugh. I know that you say that he looked abysmal, but dude, I was watching that. Like, I feel bad for him. He's again, just he's got so much talent himself. I think I still think that he's a good quarterback. He's got so much talent himself, but he is on a bad team. He's on a bad team. I, I, I just really, I feel really bad for him. Um, Yeah. I, that's really all I got to say about that. Like I, I, He's literally going to do everything himself this entire season. And it's going to probably be, I was, I was trying to be excited about the bears this year. Um, but the fact that I, I, I know you're high on green Bay, but I was hoping a little bit more umph from the bears in this game, especially being at home that it was tough. It was just, it was tough to see. It was tough to watch. Because I feel bad for the, I feel bad for Justin Fields. But again, going what you said now with the Packers, Jordan Love did he ball out? Um, this franchise is so happy to have Aaron Rodgers out of there and a fresh quarterback. But you know, hopefully Jordan Love doesn't turn good. Yeah, and hopefully this quarterback doesn't do what the last two have, and by the end of his career, have everybody hate him. So we'll see how yeah. that works out. But well, in the meantime, also, they did find themselves a good uh, a good quarterback. Jordan Love definitely impressed in Week One against their you know against their rival with the Bears. So on, on the road, so good for him. This is uh, the craziest thing to me in this game was again I think. 
people were underestimating how good the Packers defense would be to this Browns team or to this uh, Bears team, again, with Justin Fields, who can beat you with his arm or his legs, especially on third or fourth down. This team was held to three for 13 on third down attempts and then one for two on fourth down uh, with four sacks allowed, one fumble loss, one thrown interception. And they they had more time of possession than the Packers offense did okay, and still ended up not losing by, by much, by, by a minute, by like a minute and a half. That is not yeah, that Yeah, but they long. had the same Chill amount out. of time. And the Packers just, I know. Okay, I mean, yes, they had the same amount of time, but you're trying to say that, Oh, the bears had so much more time of possession. No, it was a minute <laughs> and a half. Stop trying True. to try, stop trying to up your, your, your Packer love there. My, uh, my points being made. Uh, yeah, but I'll say this, just, uh, just, stop. just stop. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, you won, Rogers, you won Favre, picks by one game. We both shat the bed on all the, t- all the picks. <laughs> you're just happy. Shut the hell up. Hey, if I would have stuck to my guns with my 49ers pick, I mean, this could have been all different. But uh, Packers, uh, or is it Patience or Panic Casino for the Bears? It's uh, Panic. It's Panic. They they only have Justin Fields. They have Justin Fields. They have Justin Fields, and that's <laughs> it. It's Justin Fields versus the Green Bay Packers. That's how that game should have played out right there. That should have been the headline. Yeah, this was a rough, rough, uh, rough game all around. And I just think that uh, when we do, yeah, when we do our picks, I think the Bears are kind of going to get the Cardinals treatment, right? Where you're just like, I can't justify any way for this team to beat other teams outside oh, of tough. Yeah. Justin Fields doing something crazy, right? Like, it's just... I don't know, but let's Next move game. on. Yeah, we, got a lot uh, more we games. have two, we actually only have three more games to talk about, or no, four more games to talk about. I'm sorry, uh, Colts Jaguars. Anything to say out of this game? I feel like Lawrence was good. Anthony Richardson actually looked pretty damn good. Maybe the best of all the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, but kind of Jaguars like- win by ten. It's a tough game. That's yeah, what I what I did like about uh, this game was, and this is why I, you and I both, well, at least I have Trevor Lawrence as the, the MVP. Colts aren't a good team, but again, week one, things can be weird. You know, it's just how it is. But I like how Trevor Lawrence never gets flustered. That is why I'm yeah. so high on Trevor Lawrence is the Colts were right there the entire game, and Trevor Lawrence could have folded under the pressure like, oh my gosh, we're about to lose to the Colts. We're about to lose to the Colts, but he sticks with it. Even with throwing an INT, like he really stayed composed, stayed Trevor Lawrence and, and his demeanor. I mean, last year said it all in that game where he comes back and they, they scored like 38 points or whatever it was. Uh, I know that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I mean, he is a very close player. So I just wanted to touch on that, that I'm happy with my pick for league MVP by the end of the year. And it has to do with how Trevor Lawrence actually composes himself during games and doesn't get flustered. Good for him. That's true. And that is also one of and the also, things I completely you, forgot you, that we both you, picked Trevor Lawrence. Do you think the Colts would have won that game if they had Jonathan Taylor? Uh, weirdly, yeah. 
Like, I yeah, think this Colts yeah. team <laughs> could actually be pretty damn good if they just added the running back they were missing. I mean, Michael Pittman showed up, eight receptions, three yards short of 100 yards, a touchdown. But if you just add that extra element of a top probably two, three right there with Saquon and uh, Chubb as Jonathan Taylor into this mix chub, for chub, this chub, team, chub. like, Chubby, chub, I think – especially with Shane Steichen calling the plays much like they, he did for the, the Eagles last year. Like you have a running quarterback that is set up by your running back also being one of the best running backs. Right. So sure. it's like, and he would get an upgrade from going from Miles Sanders to Jonathan Taylor. So yeah, I do think that's a real missed opportunity. And especially with how good the Colts looked for in that game against not only a division rival, but probably one of the, five best teams in the league right now. Like if I'm the Colts owner or coaches, how are you not being like, we need to get Jonathan Taylor back on this team. Cause we might have something here. Like, right. Uh, but I I'll take Anthony Richardson as the rookie of the year at this point. Cause I thought he just looked after, fantastic. After and we one. know, yeah. <laughs> and we know that award's going to go to a quarterback on the offense. So why not? Uh, last couple games here, casino, another, uh, oh, I believe there's three. Let's talk the shocker of the day, which was the Rams winning 30 to 13 against the Seattle Seahawks. Cooper Cup is now on injury reserve. And how, just how, how did the Rams uh, because win this Gino, game? How did they dominate? How, because Geno Smith didn't have a great game. And Matthew Stafford said, I'm not as hurt as everybody thinks I am. I'm actually still pretty legit let's get in there and did he look amazing i i thought stafford looked phenomenal out there i mean two uh 24 for 38 uh 334 yards i i think he played a phenomenal game and that was the difference it was the quarterback play i know you know it's always important quarterback play who's better who's worse but it, it really came down to that like he he protected the football he threw the ball lights out. Yes, he didn't get a receiving touchdown, but he got everybody close enough for those uh, running backs to make a difference. So, yeah, I uh, I do think this is one of those things where again Seahawks fall into that Chicago Bear territory, where previous to the start of the season they were insanely hyped, and especially with Can Gino maintain the one season wonder or will he revert back to what he was i think it's still too early if we were doing patience or panic on this one i feel like i would have patience because again it's a divisional game week one you know blah 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 but i will say it might be i might trust the seahawks team after week one more than i will trust geno smith after week one i think for him to go against I mean, this Rams defense outside of Aaron Donald, who scares you? Like, I can't name a single defensive player on this squad outside of Aaron Donald. And I mean, he had a couple great plays in this game. There's that clip of Aaron Donald, like rushing through the line at Geno Smith and Geno just saying like, holy shit, or like, oh my God, and throwing the ball. But again, he was all over in this game, but uh i don't think he single-handedly won it like we've seen him win games in the past but geno smith 16 for 26 112 yards one touchdown i really like kenneth walker the third i think he has a potential to be really great and then 
Metcalf might be suspended or definitely fined for just like that block in the back for yeah. Nobody uh, he's why. definitely um he he's on my fantasy. He's definitely gonna be right in the bench here, um coming up. Definitely gonna yeah. he's he's going on the bench. And lucky though for me though uh, with Metcalf, he is um he is my flex. So. I'm not too worried about. Uh, him is this today. Casino's fantasy corner, or are we talking about games here? Thank you so much. Uh, but, um. And by the way, it's not Metcalf. It's it's. This is how much I pay attention. I actually have Lockett, who didn't do shit for me either. So oh. fuck off. Oh yeah, Lockett had a rough game. Was he even yeah, on so the? It, it, again, that, that's how much I'm not paying attention. Um, Anyway, but no, the, the crazy thing is when you look at the two uh, guys from the Rams, uh, Puka Nikua and I don't yeah, know idea. and Tutu <laughs> Atwell were the two leading receivers. Uh, Puka had 10 receptions, Atwell but had six, both for 119. How, what what an awesome Lord. name, Puka Nakua, or something like that. Puka like, Nakua. like. I think that's how it's said, and that is that is probably one of the most badass names. That is, it's it's pretty legit. <laughs> I mean, it just uh, sucks that he. It just sucks that uh, you know he played for BYU, but whatever. Well, also, and then you look at the Rams, <laughs> and this is why I don't trust the Rams at all. So you obviously have Matthew Stafford, twenty four for thirty eight, three thirty four. We've seen Matthew Stafford be a great quarterback before. The Rams have no run game whatsoever. Cam Akers, twenty two carries. 29 yards, averaging 1.3 yards a carry, again, against a Seattle defense that wasn't good last season and doesn't look like they're going to be any different this season. And still, you're averaging 3.5 yards and 1.3 yards from your two running backs. I just think the Rams fall into that Bills category where they're going to live or die by the passing game and if they have to run at all to win they're going to lose i just don't think they have any in this whole sean mcveigh era they've never had a legit running game outside of what he got like steven jackson at the end of his career or something like that but yeah i just i i wouldn't say panic for the seahawks but i also don't think the rams are nearly as good as they were in this game so I don't know, but let's move on to the last two games. It's finally time to talk about a casino, a game I know you've been dying to talk about. The Philadelphia Eagles win 25-20 to against your New England Patriots. Uh, I watched every second of this game. When it was 16-0, to I was more happy than I've ever been, and then the rest of the game happened, and I want oh. to kill myself. And then That's nice, yeah. <laughs> And then the end comes, the Eagles barely squeak out with a win. So let's get the Patriot fan perspective of this game, and then we'll get the Eagles fan perspective. So thoughts on this game, Casino? Um, You could definitely – I'm Mac Jones still did not have a good game, and I don't know if that was just because of the, the rain and the weather, um, jitters coming back out because he knows he has to be good. I mean – he he threw for one interception, almost two more. I do like, however, you can see the progression, and it has gotten a lot better from last year to this year with uh, uh, Brian. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? The offensive coordinator. 
uh, uh, Bill O'Brien. Yes. With with Bill O'Brien coming in, you can actually see there was – it looked like a real offense. So I think this team is going to be much better than I thought they were going to be on offense under Bill O'Brien. Um, I wish – I mean, Ramondre Stevenson, he got stuffed. Elliot got stuffed. Um, but – I think, dare I say, I think Elliott looked rough. I think he looked really bad. He had seven carries for 29 yards, but every pass that went to him, it seemed like he either dropped it or I know the one catch he had got stripped. So I don't know. I feel like, especially when you see what the Cowboys did without him, I think it is going to, I think this Ezekiel Elliott signing is going to look pretty bad. I mean, he had seven carries, 29 yards, but Ramondre Stevenson also, yeah, and that fumble. And then Ramondre Stevenson, 12 carries, 25 yards, but I think you're right. I think it was was the Phillies' run defense in the rain that stopped this team because that's my opinion. I I think Ramondre's going to have a good year. I actually think he's going to have a great year, and Zeke will be okay on the short dart yardage but it's crazy game one for the Pats he has a fumble he did not fumble once all year last year with Dallas I mean he didn't get as much playing time but still um but I I do like what I saw with Mac Jones but I will tell you this right now I think the Patriots defense by the end of the year could be arguably the number one defense in the league the Patriots defense could be arguably number one I actually I actually could – I agree. I think the they only thing – really good. Uh, no, I'm for patience or panic for either of these teams. I think both are patience because I, I think, think – Patri- Yeah, I think the Patriots were going to be better than I thought they were going to be um, yeah. because it all came down to their offense because I obviously, like I said, I know their defense is good, but their offense has to look better. And I do think – I mean, 54 attempts though, passing, like they had a lot – they had a lot of plays like that. What was their total amount of offensive snaps? Like, I don't even know, but it was an insane number of offensive snaps. Uh, I think the team's going to be much better than I thought with Bill O'Brien. I, I knew it was yeah. going to be better, but I think it's better than a lot of people are going to expect it to be. I think Bill O'Brien actually, comes out pretty good. I actually completely agree. And I do think that the Eagles defense looked really damn good, especially when they needed to. And then they started giving up so many yards and points because like you just alluded to the, uh, the Eagles offense couldn't stay on the fucking field. So it was every time the Eagles got on the field, their offense would be on it for two, three minutes. They'd go three and out. They went like six, three and outs in a row. And then the defense was just kept coming back out there. So when you get passed on 54 attempts, like, and then there's a, you get run on 20 times. Like that's almost like you're saying almost 80 snaps uh, for an offense in a game where it, those snaps really only started happening in the second quarter. Like it just felt like the Eagles defense was fucking exhausted. And why wouldn't they be? They were on the field almost the entire fucking game. And that's so what I got I, worried about the beginning of the game is the Patriots defense was on 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 the field constantly. I was like, oh, this is gonna be a blowout by the end of the game. Yeah. 
And I do think uh, just looking at everything, this was a bad Jalen Hurts game, and but it wasn't a bad Jalen Hurts game of Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback. It looked like a bad Jalen Hurts game because he hasn't played since the fucking Super Bowl, right? And then even after the game, Nick Sirianni was like, maybe we're going to have to rethink not playing a single starter in the preseason because everybody looked rusty as fuck. So I... I still have patience for my team, but I definitely like more what I saw out of the defense in this game than anything I saw out of the offense. I mean, Goddard wasn't even targeted, and he's like, as we've talked about, one of the three best tight ends in the league. Uh, A.J. Brown really didn't start getting targeted till the second half. Like, it was just, and I think I'm Jordan glad that, Davis and Jalen I'm going to cut you off real I quick. Think, yeah. I love that you said Goddard because there was probably three touchdowns that he could have had that did yeah. not go to him. I'm like, and I have him. He's my tight end. Uh, little fantasy corner <laughs> update. Um, but I, I was, I, I didn't. Obviously, I wanted the Patriots to win, and I was hoping that they didn't throw those. And I'm glad they didn't throw those to Goddard. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, dude's open like three different times. Four times. Like he's standing at the at the end zone, just like, hey, yeah. Give me the ball. And I think, open. and honestly, I think that's why it was a bad Jalen Hurts game. Not because he played bad, but because there were so many times where he had just wide open guys down the field where he chose either to run or to check it down. And he wasn't making those big play throws because we talked about it in the off season or on, I can't remember what pot it was, but where the Eagles were the most explosive offense by 20 plus yard plays. And those type of plays were open all game long and he just wasn't even attempting them. So it's not like he was overthrowing them or underthrowing them. He just wasn't even attempting to get the ball in those areas. So then it becomes one of those questions where was it rust? Was it the weather? Was it was he seeing something in the Bill Belichick defense that was putting him off those options? Again, I also think it can't be understated how tough it is going in New England where Bill Belichick has had an all-off season to plan a way to stop you because he's one of the best defensive minds in the history of football. He's got three months to know you're the opponent we're playing and then – you know, to execute that kind of defense. So again, I do think it's patience for both these teams. I think the Patriots are going to be better than everybody thinks. I think the Eagles, if this is the worst game they play all season, it was still a win and I'll take it. I'd rather have this where they look shitty and get a win than what happened with the Chiefs and the Lions where they play shitty and it's a loss. And then you're kind of like, fuck. So I do hate that the next game the Eagles play is literally on Thursday, like literally in like three days where they just have to turn around and go right against Minnesota. But I think they do win that game, but I still think it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. I really don't think you see what this Eagles team actually is until week three, because I think that's when they're hopefully the rust will settle off and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, Anything else to say in this game? Because also, Mac, uh, Mac Jones and Kevin Bourne. Like, Bourne uh, looks like he has the potential to be a, a wide receiver one on this Patriots team because he was making some 
fucking incredible routes and throws. Like you mean, I really it, was impressed can, by him. Ken Kendrick Bourne, get his name right Kendrick at least. Bourne, sorry, <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, uh, no, I've I've liked him. I've liked him as soon as they brought him into the league, uh, brought him onto the team. I think he was he's been really good. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster is awful. He's dropped. He already ugh. dropped. I'm so I ugh, I can't. But um, also, did, you know, I, uh, Devontae Parker played this game. Was he in no, the game? No, he was. He was no, he was out. Uh, we were out. Our our. Um, we were out a lot of players actually. We're out three of our main players. So, um, but I again, I'm not going to be like that announcer and throw an asterisk on it. You have a, an entire other team to do, and you know you had your well, chance to win. You didn't win that fourth down catch by Hunter Henry in contention for best catch of the weekend. That was fucking. Oh, it was incredible. in my opinion, it was best catch of the weekend. I mean, Ooh. so far it might be. It, it by the end of the year, it still might be a top five best catches. I it has the potential of still being top five best catches of the year with how how awful of a throw that was and how he rang that in. But um, especially between two defenders, like bobbling it to himself yeah. and then going down without getting hit. Like, God. gotcha. Let's um, talk so let's about. To, yeah, let's move on to the end because uh, we've got a little bit of college football, and then I got to get out of here. Got to go. Got to go nest in with the wife until tomorrow morning when our son's born. Wow. Dedication. Dedication. Uh, let's talk about the last game, Casino. Uh, the only thing that could happen that would be better this weekend is the 49ers absolutely dominating, only to then have the Cowboys dominate more, uh, which was the Cowboys win 40-0 to zero against the New York Giants in New York. Game was, of course, Eagles go up 16 to zero and then almost blow it at the end. And the the Cowboys immediately go up 16 to zero and then eventually win 40 to zero. Uh, yeah, but they looked off. I mean, uh, Cowboys are gonna win the Super Bowl. Their defense is the best defense in the world. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna knock it. Their defense played their defense played well. However, it's the Giants and the Giants aren't that good of a team. We, we well, this is also one of those things we called, which was the Giants are going to be awful this season. And I don't and know why people thinking getting a tight end that hasn't been good for three years and is injury prone. I don't know why people thought that was the key that was going to unlock the Giants' success. Like, I don't understand why that was the oh casino's on the move uh but yeah so this was this why i picked the 49ers as the most impressive team is because the 49ers ran it they passed it they played great defense nothing really fluky happened also i'm not giving the eagles really that much credit because they did get that fluky pick six and a bunch of the fumble and all that kind of stuff the dallas game was dominance but it was also fluky dominance where they got uh you know the block field goal almost immediately daniel jones i think everybody agrees and we never wavered from that contract he got being god awful and then uh saquon barkley kind of Oh, stats right here. Saquon Barkley, 12 carries, 51 yards. Daniel Jones running for his life all night, 13 carries, 43 yards. Uh, 15 for 28, 104 yards, two INTs. And then Dak Prescott on the other side, 13 for 24, 143 yards, 
but they didn't need him. They had Tony Pollard, 14 carries, 70 yards, two touchdowns. And then, yeah, this was all Dallas defense, all Dallas <laughs> special teams. Uh, Casino, if you're watching the video, just made a trek to move his whole setup. But the well, Dallas yeah. defense. Um, my my mother-in-law just got here and my mom's here and my kid and they're all yeah. crazy. <laughs> but this was a domination by Dallas defense. Seven sacks. They uh, recovered a fumble. They got two interceptions. They held the Giants to 171 yards. Patience or panic. I think with the Cowboys, this is Pete Cowboys because Dak had to do nothing and their defense that's, dominated. That's where then, I'm going to get at. And then for Giants, I think it is full stop panic mode because much like the Vikings, nobody could understand why they were good last year. And now it looks like check has come home to be cashed and this is what you get. Thoughts, Casino, on both these teams? Uh, yeah, the Giants are done. We'll start there real quick. Uh, <laughs> Giants are done. They're going to probably be what I thought they were going to be last year. I was hoping just for Daniel Jones' sake that he was going to have a better year. Um, again, it was against Dallas, a really good defense. So he might, by midseason, you know, start to show that he was not a fluke last year, but he's as good, only as good as he was last year. Um, but I, I had him being better this year, but the team itself being bad. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. But again, so going back over to Dallas, this 40 to zero, this does, this is, does not say that Dak played well. Dak only had 13, uh, 13 completions out of 24 attempts, 143 yards. That's not great. It was his defense. But that, they didn't really need him. Like they didn't need yeah, him to do that's, anything because the game okay. was already out of hand. That's, that's fine. But I understand this defense is good, but you go, this Dallas team goes up against, any decent offense i'll even put my patriot offense in there which Ooh. is apparently going to be a little deep like i'm not going to say the patriots would win a game against dallas but i'm saying you go up against a, a team that actually has a little bit more than just saquon barkley um and again i was surprised what the patriots did but you take this defense out of it i'm worried that dak is not going to do well. Like you put a little bit of pressure on this defense. You get, you play a better offensive team. This defense will still play well, but your, your offense is still going to have to do something. And I don't trust this offense. I don't trust Dak Prescott as much as everybody else. I mean, do I like Tony Pollard? I think he's great. I think he's going to play well. Um, do I like some of the receiving um, CD lamb? He plays good. I'm over Brandon cooks. Um, but I mean, CD Lamb is still playing phenomenal football right now. So I am I, I am patient, but going the opposite way with Dallas, where it's give this be a little bit more patient, and this team will show you that they're not going to blow out every single team in the league. Kind of patience. Oh, yeah. Um, but again, you know, everybody's like, oh, Dallas, that's why they're our pick for the NFC. They're they're their defense is so stout. Their Steve defense is so stout. You know what? You're right. It is good, but you have to be complimentary against the best teams. This Dallas team goes and plays San Fran. I think they'd get their ass kicked. Well, we're about to. Interestingly enough, they play your team October 1st. They play the 49ers the week after October 8th. Right. So I feel like that's, and then they play the Chargers. So that three game stretch is really going to be where we actually see 
How good if, does if, Dallas? I'll tell you right now. If the Dallas does this same thing to the next three games, then I could be like, okay, this team could probably make the Super Bowl. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to do that to the Niners. Uh, I think the Patriots' defense is too good. I think he's they're going to force some mistakes offensively uh, for Dallas. But I mean, I don't think the Patriots could win that game against the Dallas defense. Um, just going off of no matter how much that Patriots um, offense has improved. Uh, but then you go against the Chargers, who I do think is a complete team. We just watched them do phenomenal work, you know, with, with the, against the Dolphins that I, this team's got a lot to prove. So I'm patient to see if this team actually decreases, and I think they will. Again, it's in division. They don't like they, – they have the Giants number. The Giants like, – you wouldn't expect anything less than a 40 zero um, week one Dallas versus giants over hype. Like we called it, we yeah. knew this was going to happen and there it is. So well, also this isn't really a rivalry game because the giants get destroyed by the Cowboys and Eagles every year. Like last year they lost two blowout games to the Cowboys. They lost three blowout games to the Eagles. Like it's just, I think now obviously both you and I hate Dallas and, we uh, don't hide it. I hate Dallas more than any team in the league, but I will give them props. Can't do much better than a 40-0 burger against the New York Giants. Best team or worst team in the league, that's what you want to do. But again, the the narrative always every year plays out this way for Dallas, which is they destroy bad teams, and then when it comes to playing good teams or teams that matter – they completely fall apart, and we don't know what where this team goes. But next week, they play the other New York team, which we'll see how good Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are tonight. We're recording this about 3 o'clock, like two hours on West Coast time before the Monday night football game. So we haven't seen what the Jets look like yet, but Aaron Rodgers has always owned the Cowboys. So I wonder how the narrative will shift, because obviously right now you're right. The narrative is the Cowboys are the best team in the league. They have the best defense. They destroyed the Giants, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But we'll see how that narrative shifts if all of a sudden next week they lose 24 to 21 to the Jets. And then it's like, what happened to week one? I think this is the perfect one for overreaction Monday, which is just like, we know Dallas isn't this good. there's potential the Giants are this bad because they were kind of this bad last year and were just eking out wins. And we went through that when we previewed the NFC East where it was like, how the fuck are the Giants good? But yeah, I think patience and, uh, but hey, I wish my team won 40 to zero. So congrats, Dallas. I do think they're in contention for, after week one being a top five best team in the league right at this moment. But again, weird shit happens yeah. week one. And I'm we'll not see. saying that they're, that I'm not saying they're a bad team at all. I'm just saying they've got to play some better opponents for me to really realize they have to, they can't do that flip flop thing that we've been talking about. They actually have to perform against good teams. I want to, if they perform and they blow a team out by 25, 30, that's a good team. Okay. Then, then you then you have a little room to stand on. Yeah. Uh, but all right, Casino. Let's move from the NFL to college football. We'll touch on a little things, and then we'll get out of here because we're running a bit long. But 
Uh, only thing that was the solve on the wound for me of the 49ers and Cowboys both dominating was what happened Saturday, which ironically was Texas, a team I hate, but I hate them a lot less than Alabama. Uh, Texas team not only beating Alabama, but low-key kind of dominating them. And loving every second. I am loving every second of it. <laughs> every so thoughts second on of it. Alabama losing to Texas. Um, you know, I, this team is on its way over into that, uh, you know, over on into the SEC. Like, this this was a big preview. You talked about it. This should have been uh, a week one game, you know, yeah. uh, Texas, Alabama. And Alabama always playing, you know, cupcake teams and not having a whole bunch of competition. Uh, some, but not like the best. Well, let me rephrase. They do have some tough competition in the SEC, right? It's, it's well, the best. Not this year because the SEC right. looks like hot garbage. But right, but typically the past, they're they're a decent. Yeah. yeah, typically they're good. But you know, I'm glad that Texas, the Texans beat them. I'm as ecstatic. Like it was one of my favorite games of the week. I, I love every second of it because it's like, okay, hey Alabama, Texas is coming into the SEC soon, and you just lost to them. Like this is this is big. This is big. Like this was a big game for college football in general. Um, all in all, like the landscape of college football moving forward in the, the years to come. And I, I am over Nick Saban, just done. I'm over it. Now that teams <laughs> that are, you know, I, I like this era of football now that players are, I, I'm a little weird about like the whole paying players thing. I like it. I don't like it, but it does make the playing field a little even um, as long as you can afford it which I'm excited to see this and I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy this happened. I'm love. I love that Nick Saban loss. I can't, uh, I, can't, I do I, as well. I, I mean, I can't express how excited I was that Nick Saban lost. Yeah. Props to props to Texas, but yeah, I think we're more just elated that uh, Alabama lost. than we are at Texas one because I don't really like Texas either. And I think that whole Longhorns up thing is dumb, but uh, they're ranked number four in the country now, Texas, after beating Alabama. But the Bama, other team was 10. Bama moved down to 10. Yeah, which I'm sure they'll be back up in the four spot if they run through everybody but, again. Let me tell you this. I want to ask this. Does, did Jalen uh, uh, Milrow, did he, do you think that was him? Uh, or do you think that was like him playing bad with two interceptions and basically going 50% for completions? Or do you think that that was just the Texas defense? going going ham and going stout i mean because i Q and, think uh Q and, uh quinn ewers is i think that's how you say his name i mean yeah he put up he put up 350 yards and three touchdowns like he looked phenomenal doing so well he's also one of those quarterbacks which is on you know other draft boards as like a top five nfl pick so i think he is really kind of the the reason why Texas is not only relevant, but has a real shot at making the playoffs. And then who knows once you know, you get in there, but I think that Texas defense is legit. I think the 
Alabama offense has kind of been stagnant for a couple years now where their quarterback play has been real hit or miss. That's why they're losing to, you know, Stenson Bennett, who is, we don't know if he's a great uh, NFL quarterback, but he was a damn good college quarterback. We saw Joe Burrow. We saw, you know, uh, Cam Newton. We're seeing all these generational quarterback talents go into the SEC and dominate or beat Alabama. And then Alabama has great NFL prospects, right? Because Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones come out of that college. But when those guys were on the Alabama teams, like really the only one that kind of stuck out on those teams was Tua, who led Alabama to a title. Hurts had moments, Mac Jones had moments, but they were never like, this guy's going to be the number one pick in the league, right? So it was kind of outside of Tua. So I don't know. I just think this is hopefully, maybe, fingers crossed, the beginning of the downfall of Alabama, and we can all rest easy. But in terms of teams falling up or falling down, let's talk about teams climbing up, and that is the now 18-ranked Colorado Casino, who absolutely dominated uh oh i just had it who did they play they played nebraska uh, nebraska didn't they? yeah nebraska. so they absolutely dominated this nebraska was, this was their home opener in that in game Boulder. was was close in the beginning though i was shocked that going into the second quarter it was a zero zero score and then colorado started put up double double digit points in every quarter ended up winning in a blowout uh Next week, they play Colorado State, and then that's when their schedule gets, gets. really interesting. Oh, man, uh, does it get does it get tough? Yeah, that is uh, just so, thoughts right now on Colorado as a whole. I like Colorado, and th- this next month, like through October is, to be honest, like this, this is going to be a great. So, like, there's their upcoming games. So, yes, they got Colorado State. Um, in in Boulder, they should destroy Colorado State. But then they have at Oregon, who's number thirteen currently, and then they play back at home against number five USC, and then on the road at Arizona State. Not saying Arizona State's not ranked, but they're not god awful. Like they're at least you know a known football team. They might yeah. do okay. Um, then you have Stanford, fine. Then you have currently ranked twenty four UCLA on the road. Then they have Oregon State, who's ranked 16. Uh, then they have Arizona, who's not ranked right now. And then ranked number 23, Washington away. Number 12, Utah away. Like, dude. And like, then they go into they're, they're They did not help out Coach Prime at all. If Coach Prime could come out of this and just absolutely get, win a bowl, like get into a bowl game and go, go 60-40 on ranked games, like – that's impressive with this team. Yeah. And I do think they're probably the most interesting college football story this year on what so far has felt like kind of a not as interesting college football season. Like it just doesn't feel like there's the hype surrounding this season of college football as there usually is. There's no real big powerhouses or no clear cut. This the best team. So we have Colorado kind of taking up the spotlight of what usually is taken up by an Alabama or a Georgia or Clemson or like all that kind of stuff. But 
Uh, one of the teams that has been in the news, and this will be our last college football topic, and then we'll get out of here, is number two ranked Michigan, who dominated or did they dominate UNLV, our home team? Casinos are in the UNLV hat, which is why we're talking about this game. Uh, Michigan wins 35 to 7. Shockingly, UNLV covers even with that score of 35 to 7. Meanwhile, Jim Harbaugh is still suspended for two more games after this. He was being the referee or the guy that moves the chains at his son's football game while this game was happening, which I think is very funny. But I think it's awesome. Uh, That's a cool story. You wanted to uh you got three minutes casino. Yeah, no, I, I don't need to go. I don't UNLV need three worth. Um I'm excited for UNLV. Like they've gone into the big house twice now and they've um in the last like five years and they've they've played well. Like there were there was some outside of a couple callbacks, like that game could have been a lot closer. It almost went to half, only 14-0. Uh, and then they got a last minute Michigan got a last minute touchdown um with 23 minutes uh with like 23 seconds to go but second half UNLV held their own it was 14 to 7 in the second half so i am yeah. very proud of how UNLV played against the number 2 team in the nation um i really do think UNLV they've got a great roster this year they got a lot of good recruits um plus UNLV is going into it as a running team, a heavy running team, and they're playing one, arguably one of the best run defenses in the entire league, um, in the national uh, or in the college football league. Um, that no, I was proud of UNLV. So I don't know if Michigan's just being overhyped again. Um, you know, time will tell. Going in, that are they really a number two? Because I mean, or is it that just UNLV is? finally turning and actually going to be a decent program, which I hope for the first time since uh, Randall Cunningham days. Yeah. <laughs> which was well, when it back. comes to, well, the uh, last thing we'll talk about with this is the, the college football, the AP top 25, Georgia and Michigan are one and two. They literally have played nobody. They don't play anybody until November. So they're kind of on there. They're, just they're doing the principle. Alabama treatment. Yeah. Uh, however, Florida State, Texas, USC are three, four, and five. I think at this moment, if I was doing the votes, I think those three would be one, two, and three. I think Florida State had that big win uh, opening weekend. Texas just beat Alabama. I think USC has absolutely dominated both games they've played so far, which have I been agree. in conference games. I would, I would games. be right there with you on, on so, that voting. Yeah, I just think, again, it's all the SEC, Big Ten bias bullshit. But I think at the moment, Texas or Florida State, Texas, USC are kind of the cream of the crop of, you know, college football. And then Georgia and Michigan are there because they're playing Cupcake University and winning by 30 points. Meanwhile, USC is blowing out in-conference teams by 60 points. Like, I do think... My most one of my most anticipated games is to see how USC and Colorado goes because that's going to feel like a big, big game and that's going to uh build the momentum. I think college football has been lacking this season, which is yeah, there's not really any good games on every game you think is going to be good is going to be a blowout, and then there's Colorado that is just like 
begging you to watch them because of how entertaining the story is, how good the team is, how great that quarterback looks. Then you have Deion Sanders kind of over the whole thing, like a bubble. Like I'm all in for Colorado. Uh, I would love to see them continue the success. Uh, Uh, So let let me ask you this. We'll finish off of casinos fantasy corner. Um, Didn't have the best weekend. My, my bench went off, which was great, but that's how it always goes. Uh, I told you like Al gear, (laughs) Had a really good game. Jacoby Myers, who I picked up for uh, Raiders, used former Patriot, had a good game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was saved by Tyreek Hill because I had Tyreek, and I thought I was going to lose. I'm projected to win right now. But he had Eckler, and Eckler went off. So it was pretty much just like, okay, which which player is going to be better, which got a third of both of our points for the, for the day. Yeah. Eckler went off, and so I'm projected to win by, I think, 28 points. Uh, projected to win by 28, 28 points. Uh, well, that's how much I'm up. He's got one receiver, and um, then we both have our defenses. My Jets. Um, so I think I'm going to win this week. I'll keep you updated on that. What about you? On, uh, on your so, one money league. So my money league, I am going to end up that's winning That's the only one week. I care about. Yeah, I'm going to end up winning this week, 133 to 88. And I had uh, uh, Jacoby Myers from the Raiders on my bench who scored 25. I had yeah, Kendrick Bourne from your Patriots on my bench who had 20, uh, who almost had 22. And I then I had, no, I had no Travis Kelsey. So I replaced him with Hunter Henry who caught that one touchdown, got me 14 points. And then I had... Tua, who got me 33 points, and then Ayuk, who got me 34. So my team, week one, I picked 12 in a 12-man league. Fucking, I picked Travis Kelsey, my first overall pick. He was out for the game, and I still end up winning by... The uh, guy that I played had Travis Kelsey, but... um, Forgot to take him out? No, he he did take him out, and his uh, backup got him like 12 points. So it didn't have a bad tight end game. You know, any any tight end game that goes over 10 points is a good tight end game. So yeah. And then my, uh, my tight end got me zero. Thanks, Goddard. <laughs> well, my only question mark on my team is really my running backs. I put Swift and Penny both from the Eagles on this team. Penny got uh or Penny was out for the game. DeAndre Swift got less than one point. So good thing I invested all in the uh Philadelphia running backs who did nothing. Uh, that has been Casino's Fantasy Corner. We're both starting the season 1-0. And then in picks by one, it is Daddy uh, Daddy Pick over here who won this week, Casino. Maybe next week. We will be back on Thursday to talk about if anything Possibly. interesting happens. Oh, that's true. Uh, might be a we'll one-man we'll show. I might, I might be out for the next couple shows, depending on how things go. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But we'll definitely still, one of us will be here, most likely me, on Thursday to make our picks and to talk about the upcoming games for this week. If in, anything interesting, Monday night happens, you'll hear from us. Same with Thursday night. So, uh... This has been the Only Sports Podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Adios. Congrats, Casino, on the new child. Or uh, soon. (laughs) All right. Adios. Bye.